0: Hi, Daily 202 listeners. Allison Michaels here. I'm the politics editor for The Washington Post's audio team. I also host our weekly politics show, Can He Do That? Since James Holman became a Washington Post opinions columnist and left The Daily 202 podcast, we've been working on some new ideas from the audio team. We're dedicated to bringing you an even better experience with The Washington Post in audio. And we have some exciting plans underway to do just that. As we build those plans, we have made the tough decision to stop producing episodes of The Daily 202's Big Idea podcast at the end of this week. But don't unsubscribe from this feed. If you stay subscribed, you'll be among the first to hear news about our new podcasts. In the meantime, The Washington Post audio collection has so many other great shows for you to discover. Since we know you love daily news with us, subscribe to Post Reports, our flagship daily podcast. That show features unparalleled reporting, expert insight, and clear analysis every weekday afternoon. Or consider downloading the Washington Post app to get breaking news and analysis on your mobile device wherever you are. Lastly, as we work on news shows, we'd love to hear from you. And I've heard from so many of you already. I am so impressed and I'd love to keep the feedback coming. What have you loved about The Daily 202's big idea? What do you wish were different? What kind of audio news show would you really want to see? I want to hear all of your feedback directly, so please reach out to me. My email is allison.michaels at washpost.com. That's allison with two L's, dot michaels at washpost.com. Thank you all so much for your dedicated listening right here. We're excited about what's next, and we hope you'll join us. Okay, that's it. Here's your news for today. Good morning. I'm Allison Michaels with The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, April 1st. In today's news... Georgia sports teams and major companies like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines condemned the state's new voting law. And the Environmental Protection Agency dismissed dozens of key science advisors who were picked under Trump. But first, the big idea. Representative Matt Gates, a Florida Republican, had been under Justice Department investigation for months for a possible sex crime when two men approached his father with a proposal. The posts Matt Zapatawsky and Devlin Barrett report that two men learned of the investigation into Matt Gates and then wrote to Gates's father Don wanting to offer an opportunity to help his son. The men told Don Gates that he could give a huge sum of money to fund their effort to locate Robert A Levinson Levinson is the longest held American hostage in Iran whose family has said they were told he is dead. The men said that if the operation to find Levinson was a success, Don Gates would win favor with the U.S. government to help alleviate Matt Gates' legal woes. But Don Gates, a prominent Florida Republican who once led the state Senate, viewed the communication suspiciously. Matt Gates is suspected of having sex with a 17-year-old girl as well as funding her travel, but the investigation into Matt's alleged crime was not public knowledge when Don was approached. Fearing his family was being extorted, Don contacted the FBI. The messy political drama has in some ways diverted attention from a grim reality for the congressman. He remains under investigation for possible sex crimes, leaving him vulnerable to potentially serious legal jeopardy. The men who approached Gates' father had no apparent connection to the sex crimes investigation of his son other than having somehow learned about it before it was publicly reported. But when news of law enforcement's interest in Matt Gates surfaced on Tuesday, the congressman asserted that the allegation was, quote, rooted in an extortion effort against my family for $25 million. Matt Gates also identified by name a former federal prosecutor who he said was part of the effort. While the Justice Department investigates possible sex crimes, the FBI is separately examining whether the request to his father about Levinson might constitute extortion, with Gates and his family as the possible victims. Substantiating criminal charges in the extortion probe could be difficult, according to people familiar with the matter, noting that when the two men first contacted Don Gates, they did not explicitly threaten to expose the congressman unless they were paid. Even if investigators do come to believe there was an attempt to extort the Gates family, it appears connected to the sex crimes investigations only because the men involved discovered it and used it as leverage for personal purposes. Don Gates and a spokesman for Matt Gates did not return messages from the Post seeking comment on Wednesday. The Congressman has not been charged with any crimes and has insisted that he did nothing wrong. Gates has told associates he's contemplating leaving Congress early, possibly for a position at Newsmax. Meanwhile, Brian Peterson, the spokesman for Newsmax, declined to comment on any discussion between Gates and the network, saying, quote, Newsmax doesn't comment on possible talent negotiations or plans the network may have underway. But a person familiar with the deliberations said that Gates and Newsmax were talking. Gates was interested in a possible role there, but Newsmax had not extended him an offer. Gates said in a statement Tuesday night that his family had been cooperating with federal authorities in the extortion probe and that his father had, quote, even been wearing a wire at the FBI's direction to catch these criminals for some background on the Levinson case, it's a case that's long vexed his family and the U.S. government. The retired FBI agent disappeared under murky circumstances in March 2007 while on Kish Island, which is a tourist spot off the coast of Iran, during an unauthorized trip for the CIA to gather intelligence on Iran's nuclear program. He was not spotted publicly again and was last viewed alive in a 2010 hostage video. The State Department and the Justice Department had offered a combined reward of $25 million for information on Levinson, and officials repeatedly pressed Iran on the matter. But last year, the government concluded that he was dead, and the FBI briefed the family on the evidence they had found pointing to that result. But back to the Gates investigation, according to people familiar with the matter, the sex crimes investigations into Matt Gates grew from a different investigation into a Florida politician, former Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg. The exact nature of the connection is unclear, but investigators are exploring whether they might have had overlapping and illegal sexual contacts. A 2019 photograph that Greenberg posted on Twitter shows him with Gates at the White House. He also posted a picture in 2017 of him with Gates and Roger Stone, another well-known Trump political ally. Greenberg was charged last summer with a host of crimes, including sex trafficking of a child. And on Wednesday, prosecutors docketed a superseding indictment, adding a host of new allegations and charges against him. In total, Greenberg is now charged with 33 criminal counts, including bribery and wire fraud. A lawyer for Greenberg declined to comment citing attorney-client privilege and local rules prohibiting disclosures to the media. Greenberg had previously pleaded not guilty and is scheduled to go to trial in June. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. Some of Georgia's biggest companies, including Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines and Atlanta sports teams, the Falcons and the Hawks, all came out strongly against the state's new voting law on Wednesday, amid growing backlash against the business world for failing to do enough to stop the measure from becoming law. The Post's Hannah Denham and Jenna McGregor report that Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian condemned the legislation as unacceptable and contrary to the company's values. Bastian said in a memo to employees Wednesday, quote, Last week, the Georgia legislature passed a sweeping voting reform act that could make it harder for many Georgians, particularly those in our black and brown communities, to exercise their right to vote. Bastian also said that Delta and other major Atlanta corporations worked with state elected officials from both sides of the aisle to remove some of what he calls the most egregious measures from an earlier draft of the bill and is working with lawmakers on legislation in Congress that would expand voting rights. James Quincy, the CEO of Coca-Cola, said the legislation was, quote, wrong and a step backward. He said on CNBC, quote, "...let me be crystal clear and unequivocal. This legislation is unacceptable." The strong statements Wednesday came after Black Votes Matter, which is a national community organizing group that advocates on behalf of black voters, held demonstrations and called on Delta and Coca-Cola, as well as four other Georgia-based companies to speak out more strongly against the law. Those companies are UPS, Home Depot, Southern Company and Aflac. And two Atlanta sports teams, the Falcons professional football team and the Hawks basketball team, issued statements about the bill within the past day. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp hit back at Bastion, saying that the airline executive had worked closely with state officials in drafting the law. A Delta representative declined to comment on Kemp's response. The voting measure was signed into law on March 25th after sailing through both chambers of the state's legislature. Democrats and voting rights advocates in Georgia see the bill as an act of voter suppression under the guise of disproved rumors of voter fraud that initially circulated during the 2020 presidential election and then continued leading up to the highly watched Senate runoffs in January. Republican lawmakers from dozens of states have attempted to introduce similar legislation. But the SB202 measure, that's the one in Georgia, it's the first to pass. This comes after President Donald Trump attacked the integrity of the presidential election results after he lost to Joe Biden. And after Trump specifically called a top elections investigator in December, imploring her to uncover what he called dishonesty in absentee ballot signatures. That's after alleging without evidence that thousands of ballots were accepted by local election officials in Georgia with forged signatures. Number two. Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Reagan will purge more than 40 outside experts appointed under President Donald Trump from two key advisory panels. He says the move will help restore the role of science at the agency and reduce the heavy influence of industry over environmental regulations. The Post's Dino Grandoni reports that the unusual decision announced Wednesday will sweep away outside researchers picked up under the previous administration whose expert advice helped the agency craft regulations related to air pollution, the oil and gas extraction method known as fracking, and a bunch of other issues. Critics say that under Trump, membership of these two panels tilted too heavily in favor of regulated industries and that their positions sometimes contradicted scientific consensus. The Biden administration said the move is one of several to reestablish scientific integrity across the federal government, after what the administration has characterized as a concerted effort under the previous president to sideline or interfere with research on climate change, the novel coronavirus and other science issues. But former Republican administration officials accused the Biden team of hypocrisy, saying it's undermining rather than restoring confidence in the agency by kicking out those with contrary views. The advisory boards created by Congress are designed to provide federal policymakers with the best advice from experts from a range of backgrounds. Members typically serve three-year terms. Their recommendations, though not binding, do carry weight inside the agency. Environmental advocates cheered the decision, saying that remaking the composition of the panels is necessary after the Trump administration illegally barred academics who received EPA grants from then serving on these panels. The administration had argued that scientists who received research funding could not be impartial in their advice. But environmental and public health advocates, along with some former career officials within the agency, said the policy effectively elevated experts from industry while muzzling independent scientists. The Trump administration ended up rescinding that restriction on grant recipients after being ordered to do so last year by a federal court. But the administration then didn't change any of its appointments after that ruling. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, April 1st. I'm Allison Michaels. Thanks so much for listening.